0: My name is Pastor Chris. We're so glad you're here today and joining us during this Christmas season. I didn't get to look around and see who's a new guest of ours this morning. Maybe it's your first time here, first time in a while. Great. We're so glad you're here. Come on, let's give it up one more time, church. We're so glad to have you with us. And I got to meet a few people after first service and uh, they were new here at Evangel. And, and I'm just praying that you feel at home and welcomed. And uh, we just love having you with us. What an exciting season we're in right now, the Christmas season. We're reminded of, uh, of Jesus. And all that, he, um, all that he has done for us, that he came and he was born and he came to give us hope and a future. Um, before we get into the message today, I want to just share something with you because we're quickly approaching 2020. Can you believe that? 2020 um, is right uh, in front of us. And as we get into the new year, um, you always take time to look back over the year that was and some things that uh, you could celebrate you know, There's always things that you want to be able to do better and, and uh, improve on, and that's why you'll make New Year's resolutions and goals. But there's a lot to celebrate every year, and here at Evangel, we've looked back over 2019, and we're seeing that God has done some amazing things in our church. He's grown us in some remarkable ways, but one of the things that we're celebrating that uh, I'm so uh, excited about is in the area of small groups here at Evangel. This year, we broke the 500 barrier and now have over 500 people engaged in small groups here at Evangel. Why this is important is it's the most people we've ever had involved in small group ministry. And small groups are an incredible way to take what's happening here on Sundays and really continue to carry it out during the week. I'm so thankful for the small group that I'm a part of. God's uh, sharpening my life and uh, the, the men that I'm walking with, I know that God's working in their lives as well. How many of you are a part of a small group or have been a part of one this year. Come on, can you just give the Lord the glory for that and just celebrate what uh, he's done? It's been an awesome, awesome time. And I'm thankful for Pastor Roy McMillan, who stepped into this new role as our community life pastor and is bringing leadership in that area. And um, Pastor Roy is is really been praying through and has uh, some new vision as we get into 2020 around small groups in particular. And I'm excited about it because I believe we're just getting started. God's going to be growing our small group ministry in some really special ways. One of them that I'm really looking forward to is an expansion of what we're going to be calling care groups, which are going to be in some specialized areas. Maybe you're dealing with a hurt, a hang a hang up, uh, a habit, some issue. Uh, years ago, we had something called Celebrate Recovery here at Evangel. And it looks like in 2020, we're looking to See that come back and uh be a, be a group in a, a, a community of care um, for those that are caregivers that are walking through uh, challenges of walking alongside of others, maybe in the area of finances, financial peace, things like that. So Pastor Roy's gonna be sharing this big vision for what groups look like, and it's happening in two Sundays from now, the 29th of uh, December. It's small group vision meeting. And here's why I want to tell you about it. If you have led a group in, in 2019 or any time in the past, if you would consider leading a group. If you have a burden for any of the things I've just talked about and think maybe the Lord might want you to be a part of that, come out in two weeks and just be a part of hearing the vision to see if maybe God has it in your path to open up your home or to be a host of a small group in 2020 or beyond. So show up um, and go out in the foyer today at the special events desk. Let Pastor Roy know that you are interested. And They're going to have, I believe, some light refreshments and things like that at the meeting. If not now, they will because I said it from the platform. Um, but, uh, but they'll have that. You're going to hear it. I've already kind of heard some of the great things that are in store, and I'm excited, church. Amen? God gave me a vision a few years ago. I was flying in in a plane uh, on our way back, Mandy and I from traveling, and as we were coming back to Newark and we were flying overhead, it was at night. And I don't know about you, I like looking out over the sky when you get to a certain altitude at night, and you could really start to see the city and the communities under, and at night it's so beautiful because there's all this light, and the light shows the density of population, and it shows this is where people are. And what I felt like the Lord was putting in my heart is when we look over central New Jersey, yes, we have a light shining on Terrell Road in Scotch Plains, but what would it look like if we had more lights all around our communities, all around our region? And the Lord really connected out in my heart with prayer and with small groups that what if we had homes that were praying in and especially small groups that were meeting all around and that light wasn't just shining here in our building but it was shining all around and, uh, and I really feel like God's just continuing to expand that into this area into this region and small groups is a great way to see that happen so I can't I encourage it enough please stop out uh, be a part of that meeting and let's see God continue to grow this awesome ministry in 2020 and beyond all right All right, so did I lose you? Are you still with me? Come on. uh, God is good, and I'm excited about this message today. If you'll open up your Bibles with me, um, we're going to be in Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 2. It's the first book of the New Testament, and we're also going to be looking at Isaiah, who we sang that beautiful song earlier today that was uh, based out of Isaiah 6. We're going to be in the later portion of Isaiah to look at a passage of Scripture as well. And as we come to this, we're coming to a familiar story. Um, and it's about the birth of Jesus. We see that the four Gospels that we have uh, in the scriptures are four accounts of the life, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. So we don't just know the story of Jesus from one, uh, one point of view. We see it in four different ways. Uh, and Matthew is one of those accounts. And here is specifically a passage around the birth of Jesus. That's what we celebrate during the Christmas season. I know we can think it's about the gifts and about the guy with the red hat and um, all those different things, but it's it's about Jesus. At the core, uh, he's the reason for the season that we're celebrating. And we remember that and we look back. And my prayer today is that this familiar passage, God is going to shine a light in all of our hearts and in our minds, and that we would have a revelation of how God wants us to live differently this Christmas season. The title of this message is Arise and Shine. Let's pray. Lord, I pray today that you'll speak to our hearts, Lord God, your word, your truth, Lord God, cut through tradition, cut through uh, everything, Lord, that might stand in the way today of us hearing from you, Lord, give us a revelation of your truth, of who you are, and who you have created us to be in this day, in this time, Lord, we'll give you all the glory, and we thank you, Lord, that you will do what only you can do, in Jesus' name, amen. Let me start reading here, and we're going to read the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 2. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Let's just pause right here. What we're about to read is a prophecy about Jesus. And what's so beautiful about these prophecies about Jesus is they are promises that God made a long time ago about Jesus. What's remarkable is not just that Jesus was born into a manger uh, and that he was born into those conditions in Bethlehem. It wasn't just that angels announced his birth to multiple people. It was Also remarkable that someone hundreds and even thousands of years ago heard from God and wrote it down and said, This is what God's gonna do one day. It's amazing because it shows you again and again and again that God keeps his promises. God is so faithful. And so here's what the here's what the the king does. Herod's like, hey, listen, what what does all your scripture say what happened? Where is this messiah supposed to be born? And they, they looked and they said, God promised through the prophet that he be born in Bethlehem. Look what it says, verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Isn't that remarkable, church, that God made that promise hundreds of years earlier? and said, out of Bethlehem, my son's going to come. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out the exact time that the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem. And he said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now we know if you understand this story that he had no intention of worshiping Jesus. His his desire would have been to kill Jesus uh, if he could have got to him. Um, And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, that light, just imagine that light went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, come on, say that with me, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, in Myrrh and then having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Lord speak this word into our heart, we pray today. This is so powerful what happened. And again, not just that it took place. In and of itself, it would be remarkable if it was just a story, but it's a story tied to prophecy and promises that God had made long ago. And what we're seeing in the birth of Jesus is the fulfillment of God's great promise that we don't have to live this life without hope, that there is no darkness that's too dark, that God's light cannot break through, that God has a plan to rescue his people that you're not too far gone. We're not too far gone. God loves us, and he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to be born, to die, and to raise again, to give us life. In the first appearing... For these magi, these men, the sign that was there was a bright light, a, a star in the sky that would lead them, that light would lead them into the presence of Jesus. And once they got into the presence of Jesus, everything changed for them. They bowed down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasures in their whole life. They poured out their gifts to him. And it changed even the desires of their heart because they were not going back to Herod. They weren't going back to the way which the way they came. They left a different way. How many of you know this, that we come to God one way, but as we come to Jesus, we're meant to go out a different way. We cannot leave the presence of Jesus without moving in a different direction. Our lives are meant to change their trajectory after encountering Jesus for who he really is. And so that's us. We're all on that journey at some point in time or another. The light of Christ maybe has shined into your heart and you've left different. You're different today because of the difference that Jesus has made. I know that I am. Is anyone else different today because of the difference that Jesus has made in your life? Amen. And they came and they worshiped him. Now, what's so remarkable about this that I love is when you start looking at these Old Testament scriptures that are pointing towards this moment. And you look at the prophet Isaiah, who God gave pictures. He gave these words. And, and as you look there, and I would encourage you, would you turn there with me in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, chapter 60? And you'll see anywhere around here in these chapters uh, in the 50s and, and all the way through here, it is as if God gave a direct download from heaven into the heart and mind of this prophet Isaiah and showed him what would come one day when Jesus would arrive. And you see things around Jesus' death, about the way he would be humiliated and, and, and the way that he would be beaten. And it says that all of our punishment, all of our sins were upon him, but by his stripes were healed. That's all coming in this, these passages of scripture. And we get to Isaiah 60, and maybe you've never seen this before, but this is the passage that's directly connected to what we just read in Matthew chapter 2. It's remarkable. Look at this with me. It says, Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over all the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears where? Over you. Nations will come, look at this, to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To the riches of the nations will come. This is the picture of what we see in Matthew chapter 2, transpiring. It says, "Arise." this light is shining... These wise men from distant countries, distant nations, see the light. It says this, the light will rise over you. Nations will come where to your lights. They come to the place where the light has shined, where it has rested. And it says they will bring treasures. They'll bring all of these riches from the nations to you. We see this fulfillment in the birth of Jesus of this passage of Scripture. Do you know why? not just because of a star in the sky, but because the light of the world had come. And they had recognized this moment in history, and no one else could see And it's amazing that it would be wise men from the East who are into astrology and all kinds of other things. And what breaks my heart is that Herod goes to the religious leaders of the day and says, where will this Messiah be born? They're talking about a star in the sky. They're saying something's happening. Where is it happening? They said, oh, it's going to be in Bethlehem. And then we read the story, and nowhere in it does it show up that any of those religious leaders showed up. They knew it here. They knew exactly where he'd come. They knew when he'd come. They knew how he'd come. And when they hear all this, their hearts don't move towards him. I don't want to be religious, knowing all the right stuff, but I never actually walk it out with my life. I want to know and I want to move and I want my life to move in the direction of what Jesus reveals. I want to find him. I want to seek him. I want my posture of my life to be pursuing him continually. And these wise men from the East are an example of that, where even the religious people of the day, they were missing it. It was here, but it wasn't here and it wasn't being carried out and lived through their life. And it fulfilled this incredible promise because Jesus was the one who had come And Jesus said, I have come. The thief comes. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to tell you that's the the goal of the enemy of your soul. And I would tell you that his goal is to kill, steal, and destroy and to keep you in darkness, to keep you in hopelessness, to keep you in despair, to keep you in brokenness, to keep you in bondage, to keep you in addiction. He has come to kill, steal, and destroy you, your future, your family, whatever he can get his hands on. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you life, and life abundant. And the Bible says this about Jesus when he was born, that in him was life. Look at this in John chapter 1. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In him was life, a different kind of life, the abundant life that Jesus promises. And that life was like a light to all mankind, In the same way that his light shined in the bright sky, I want you to know in my darkest season in life, when I didn't know where to turn and what to do, the light of Christ showed up. And he drew me to himself. And I've never been the same since encountering him. When I read that passage, I see my life. I see your life. If you've come to know Jesus, that that is truly like a light has come on in my life. I'm different. I look different. My life is different. Because in him is life. And that life shines through me. So this is the truth of what God's doing. And, and here's what he's saying in, in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love, I love the song we sang today. Jesus, Jesus, he, he makes the darkness tremble. And what it says there is that darkness can't overcome Jesus. Nothing can overcome his name. His name cannot be overcome. In his name is hope. In his name is peace. In his name. And here's what I want you to know today. I said it on Wednesday night at the prayer meeting. They got to hear about this. Some of this, this passage in particular, we read it and prayed through it at the prayer meeting before you even got to hear it today. But I want you to know that darkness isn't as scary as we think it is. I got two kids, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and guess what? They're afraid of the dark. They don't like they they always need to have their night light on. I'll hear them cry if I leave the room and I go back and what's going on? No, it's so dark in here. I'm like, what's nighttime? It has to be dark. No, my light isn't on. So, this little tiny light, if it's on, then everything's okay. But they don't want to just be in darkness, complete darkness. Many of us were, you know, we can be afraid of the dark, but I promise you this that darkness isn't isn't something to be feared because all it really is is the absence of light. And there's no amount of darkness in this world that can overcome the light that comes from Christ. That's what this is saying. It says light shines in the darkness. Do you know this, that you can take a room that is light, and you could try to throw as much darkness as you want at it, and it won't get any darker because the light overcomes darkness every single time. But if you diminish light, if you, if you allow light to, to leave, then darkness will abound. But all that's needed to expel darkness is light, and no amount of darkness can really expel light. It it doesn't work that way. It's only one way. And that's so powerful because what it's establishing is that the life that's found in Jesus can't be overcome by the darkness of sin or this world or brokenness or anything else. Even the darkness of death doesn't have to be feared. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. This is the power of the life that's in Jesus, the life that's available to us. It's meant to shine in us and shine through us. And what it does is that gives you hope in every season because we still live in this world. And Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I believe God wants someone to know today you're in a dark season, but take heart because I've already overcome the world. The same word, right? Darkness can't overcome it. You know what the Lord wants you to say? If you're in Christ, there's no amount of darkness that could be going on in your life That can't be overcome by the power of Christ. Just hold on. Take heart. Trust him. He didn't say everything will be easy. He said there will be trouble. Maybe you're walking in the midst of some of that trouble. Maybe you're depressed this holiday season. Maybe you just feel like in this Christmas season, you're just you're, your heart's despairing. You don't have the joy of the Lord as your strength today. I want you to know that the Lord wants today to remind you that he is the light of the world, that he brings hope to you, that today, if you have nothing else, hold on to his promise. If you have nothing else, then just hold on to the truth of his word today. If you don't see anything changing around you, know that you have a God who is unchangeable, that he is who he says he is. Is, and he will fulfill his promises as you trust him. So hold on to that. Just grab a hold of it today. Because as times get dark, as seasons can, can seem like everything's falling apart, when you keep your faith and you keep your hope in those seasons, the Lord can use it to change your life and many others as a result. I'm reminded of a powerful um, illustration of this in the, uh, in the life of a man. He's a rabbi named Hugo Grin. Hugo was sent to Auschwitz, a concentration camp in World War II, with his family. As a little boy in the midst of this concentration camp, death and horror all around him, many of the Jewish people, they were stripped of everything, even their clothing and anything that was of value to them, but they tried to hold on to any shred of religious observance that they could without drawing you know, the ire of the guards or persecution. On one cold winter's evening, Hugo's father gathered all the family in the barracks. It was the first night of Hanukkah, which means the festival of lights. Can you imagine that they're being reminded it's Hanukkah in this dark, dark, gruesome place? And as a young child, he watched in horror as his father took the family's last pads of butter, and he took a little string out of their ragged clothes, and he fashioned this little makeshift candle out of this butter pad and, and this little thread, And he struck a match and he lit it. And Hugo cried out, Father, no, that butter is the last bit of food we have. How are we going to survive, Dad? And here's what his father said to him. It changed his life forever. He said, we can live many days without food, his father said. But we cannot live a single minute without faith and hope. He said, this is a fire of hope. Never let it go out. Not here, not anywhere. Hugo allowed that hope to sustain him through that. He then gave his life. Uh, As an example to many, he's one who he lived having survived that and he lived holding on to that faith, holding on to that hope. I want you to know today that as much as the enemy would want to extinguish any glimmer of hope, trying to use darkness all around you, take hold of this word that in him is life and that life is the light of all mankind and that light shines even in the darkest places and darkness can never overcome it. They saw that right there in a concentration camp. You can see it today in the midst of the challenges you're walking through. Come on, we got to hold on to hope. we got to keep trusting God, even in the difficulty, even in the darkness, because his life is meant to shine through us. Jesus said this. This is the verdict, John 3:19, 20. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed see, the Bible shows that over and over again, that when we mess up, when we do what's wrong, when we sin, we want to run to darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, we see the story of Adam and Eve, and once they sinned, God came looking for them, they hid in darkness. Darkness is a place that wants to keep all, all of the sin, all the brokenness hidden away, tucked away. But it's only in light can healing flow, Amen. It's only in light can God's restoration happen. The enemy would want to keep you in darkness, keep you in bondage, keep you believing a lie that, that what you've done is too bad. God can't forgive you. But God wants you to know today there's nothing you could do that could separate you from his love. And that today, as his light shines into your heart, he draws you to come. Because whenever you're in his presence, in his light, there's transformation, there's healing, there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness. And God speaks into the darkness of our hearts, and he calls us to live differently. And as you come into a relationship with Jesus, that's what changes in your life. Everything changes because the light of Christ shows up. The Bible says when we come to Jesus, it says we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus, where there's life and forgiveness and freedom. And we're meant to live our lives differently because here's the deal. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me does not have to walk in darkness. They will have the light that leads them to life. That's the truth. Jesus is the light of the world. We see this beautiful picture in the Christmas story, but it all is about that truth. But here's what's so amazing is that in Isaiah 60, it doesn't just say, Hey there's going to be a light and Jesus is coming and he's the light of the world but instead the very first verse of this prophecy is this arise and shine God's people it's not just that Jesus is the light of the world you are the light of the world it's not just that his light shines now your light is meant to shine because of what he's done Jesus says this he says you are the light of the world don't hide it so the question is this how is the light of Christ changing your life this season? How is the light of Christ shining in and through your life at this time? You know, I, I had this beautiful um, picture that happened. I shared a little bit about it in the prayer meeting, and, uh, and I went home, and, and, I, and I said, I, I just got to share it on Sunday morning as well, uh, because my, my daughter, Lily, um, man, she teaches me so much about the Lord just from our interactions, and a couple years ago, her and I went to a rock show, not Metallica, or any of those uh, bands, we went to a literal rock exhibit. Um, she started to collect stones. Her her cousin um, gave her her rock collection, and when Lily f- came across it, she just fell in love, just seeing all these different colors and different stones. And so I thought, uh, I told my wife, I said, hey, the, the rock show's coming into town, and I'm going to go there, and maybe I'll buy uh, Lily something. And so we went there, and I actually picked out this right here. Uh, purple was her favorite color, and she really loved it, and now it's a part of her collection. But about a year ago, something really cool started to happen. Lily has a little doctor's kit, and in it is a little flashlight. And when the flashlight came in contact with Lily's rock collection, there was a whole new world that was discovered for my daughter. Because what she started to do, was she started to sit there with her flashlight, and she would then bring it to each stone and see what the what the, the, the actual light would do when it came in contact with the stone. And so she'd shine it on one, and she'd say, oh... Okay, that's cool. And then she'd bring it to one of these kind, and she would shine it. And let's actually help me out. Let's get it a little bit darker in here so everyone can see. And here's what she would do. Can you see that? So you see the light shining through it. And so she'd say, "Daddy, what is that? What is that?" And then, then uh, I said, "Well, that's it's shining through, and you could see through it." And then a couple of days later, she said, "Daddy, it's translucent." I said, "Wow, that's a big word, honey. My my wife has such a has such a uh, better vocabulary than me." And so she said, wow, look at that. It's translucent. It shines through. And so she would shine her light through it. And um, maybe I can do something a little bit more powerful here. There we are. Yeah. And so she would, like, shine her light through it. And she said, look at that, Daddy. And then I would watch her, and we'd sit there, and we would take different kinds of stones, and she would hold it up, and then she would go, oh, no, that's, that doesn't work. That one's not good. And I'd watch her disappointment or i watch her joy as there were different stones that were translucent. In fact, we actually have it where I would We would find her in the closet at our house, literally with her stone rock collection, shining lights on it to see well, what would happen. And so it came to the point where this last, um, th- th- maybe two or three months ago, she's going through this process and she takes the first stone and she shines it and she, she sees it and she says, okay, um, that's, okay, that doesn't really work. And, oh, man, it, it puts out the light. Like whenever you put it on there, there's no light. It just, it shines on it, but it never shines through it. And then she said, oh, this one, yeah, it shines through it. This is so nice. Then she came upon this one rock, and she put it on her light, and she said, Daddy, look at this. Look at how it shines. Isn't it so nice? It shines so bright through it. And she had it there, and she left it there for a little bit. But the most amazing thing happened, because when she pulled it off the light, it continued to glow. Whoop. Pastor Rick, my rock has fallen. Yeah, you found it. And so this thing continued to glow. And so she would, she would leave it there, and this was, like, amazing for her because she, she was, it was like, I don't even need to keep the light on it, and it continues to glow after it. And so what I felt like that showed me is I feel like there are three pictures of our hearts when we come into contact with Christ. For some of us today, we will let the light shine on us but never shine through us. We're glad to come and worship God. We're glad to be found in Christ. We're glad to have that life-changing relationship with him. But whenever it comes time for us to share that, when it comes time for it to show up in our lives in some tangible way, it doesn't. We're glad to have it shine on us but never through us. Then the other one is we're glad to have it shine through us. And we, we allow the light of Christ to shine through our lives. And we'll allow it to shine, but it's only selectively there will be times that we won't let it shine. There are times that we'll cover it up. There are times that whenever it gets uncomfortable or difficult that we will choose not to shine the light of Christ. And so when it's convenient or comfortable, we'll shine it. But there is this third type, and this happens in our lives, and I believe this is God's greatest vision for you. You're the light of the world, and he's placed his Holy Spirit within you. And now, it's not that you make a decision like it's a light switch when you're turning it off or turning it on. Instead, you're meant to radiate the light of Christ everywhere that you go. And then when you're in God's presence, you get brighter and brighter, and then when you're in the world, they see it. There's a difference. This is very peculiar. Who is that? What's going on in their life? It's meant to be the light of Christ shining in you and shining through you. And look what it says there in the gospel, in, in the prophecy in Isaiah uh, chapter 60 verse 5 it says, "Look and be radiant. Look and shine. You will look and you will be radiant, your heart will be full and swell with joy." This is that picture of what our lives are meant to be in Christ that we shine that we radiate that we show who he is and what he's done in our lives amen and so that's the that's the purpose of being the light of the world to radiate the love of Christ jesus said matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16 and come on up pastor rick you are the light of the world a city a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do you light a lamp And put it under a bowl. Instead, you'll put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, this is this beautiful picture of the star in the sky leading others who were searching for Jesus into his presence. And I've thought about it. If I'm meant to be this light... If I'm meant to be that, I want the goal of my life this Christmas season is that I will shine bright enough that if anyone is searching for Jesus, they'll find the way to him by looking to me. That if anyone's looking and that if they'll follow me, then they're going to end up in the presence of Jesus because I'm there to shine that light. Do you see that? Like that bright star in the sky that led people, those searching hearts into the presence of Jesus. My prayer is, Lord, make Evangel Church full of that. The Bible says we are like living stones being pieced together as a spiritual house. My prayer is that this is the kind of stones we are. That we're, we, we shine brightly. That there is the light of Christ that radiates from us. Because the Lord promises, I'm taking away your heart of stone, this cold, dead heart. And I'm going to give you a new heart the soft, that knows me that shines my light, that shines my love, that people will see the way that I'm living and they'll praise God in heaven. There's a story about a missionary. We, we support a lot of missionaries in all parts of the world. And um, I'm always moved when I hear an incredible story about someone who has lived their life to just shine the light of Jesus, especially in difficult places. And there's one um, missionary named A.W. A. Milne who... Um, served as a missionary in New New Guinea, and when he went there, he went to a very difficult people. They were cannibals, in fact, and they were so remote and so far from the Lord, and he died preaching the gospel of Christ in that place. He became what uh, we know of as a martyr, someone who has lost their life for their faith, but people came to know Jesus. His light shined. It made a difference in the lives of others, and one of his converts, some of whom were cannibals themselves, they asked permission To place a marker on his grave, and they inscribed it themselves, and here's what it says, here lies the remains of A.W. Milne. When he came to us, there was no light. When he died, there was no darkness. I want my life to shine in such a way that there is darkness being expelled because the light of Christ shines through my life where there is a tangible difference in someone's life, that someone has seen my life shining brightly and they found themselves in the presence of Jesus as a result of it. My prayer is that you will be that same person. My question for you is this, when you get to the end of your life, when you come to that place, what would be said of you? Who will be better? because you live for Jesus. Who will find themselves in the presence of Jesus because you shined your light brightly, because you lived your life for him? You know, last week we talked about this and we talked about those that are near us. They're in our lives, but they're far from God. Maybe they're walking in darkness in this season. To walk in darkness doesn't mean you're a bad person. For some people, they're going through difficulty. They're going through depression, despair. There's something that has happened that has caused them to lose hope. And in this season, they're in your life, and yet they're in darkness. And today, as you take God's word, would you pray and say, God, make me that bright, shining light that, Lord, they'll see and they'll know there is hope, that they'll know there is an answer, that they'll know there is peace. And he has a name. And Lord, would you use me to help lead them into your presence, Lord God, that you could change them, redeem them, restore them, that you could shine your light into their heart and into their life, that they'd never be the same. Maybe you've put down some names of friends and people that are in your life. You can think of them right now. You've been praying for them all week. Lord, who's close to me, who's far from you? You have those names. And now your prayer is this, Lord, make me that light, Lord God, that shines, Lord God, that someone else will come to know you this season. And would you lead them? Would you draw them? Would you invite them? Would you do everything you can do to reach out and to give that invitation and to give an opportunity for people to come near? As you get ready to leave today, I wanted to share with you, we have some cards, some invitation cards um, that we have out in the back. Here they are, and we have a bundle of them. They are invitations to our Christmas Eve service and our family Christmas service on Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, We have them in bundles and packages for you. I want to encourage you, you've been praying, you've been asking for the opportunity, um, you know, for God to give it to you to extend that invitation to include someone this Christmas season that needs to hear the hope of Christ. These two services on the 22nd and the 24th, we are believing for many people that don't yet know Christ, that they're going to come to know Christ for those who are far in their faith or they're they're struggling in some way that they're going to find the hope that's available in Jesus and perhaps there's some of them that are right in your life so take a stack of these on your way out pray extend that invitation reach out to someone maybe God will put people in your path this week that you don't even know yet but God wants to have a divine appointment with them so take some of these cards and extend those invitations amen would you stand to your feet with me today would you just close your eyes and Let's just begin to pray. Today, if you've heard God's word and your desire is, if you would think about those three stones, which one am I? Lord, does your light only shine on me but never through me? Does your light shine through me but only selectively whenever it's convenient? Or Lord, am I, am I that radiant light that shines, Lord, that when I'm in your presence, Lord, I just shine all the brighter. And everywhere I go, people see the difference It's in me. And if your prayer is, Lord, I want to be that one. I want to be that sh- that, that uh, bright, shining light, Lord God. I want to reflect your love to others that they would see and that those with a hope would find it because of the way that I'm living. Lord, you set them the light of the world. Lord, I'm not hiding it anymore. If that's your prayer, if that's your determination, if that's uh, your declaration today, would you just put your hands out before the Lord? Would you just totally surrender yourself to him today? And Lord, I pray for each person, Lord, their hearts removed today, Lord God. Lord, they thank you. We thank you for taking away our heart of stone. But Lord, today we pray you make us a light, Lord God, in our families, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. Everywhere we go, put us on mission, Lord God. And Lord, there may be places you've put us that we describe as dark places, Lord God, that we can be even despair because we're there, but today you've given us a revelation, Lord, that perhaps the reason we're there is because we're light, Lord God, and you're going to use us to shine brightly, and Lord, when we came, there was no light, and when we left, there will be no darkness, Lord God, we pray today, use us for your glory, Lord God, and would you make us like that bright shining star, that light that would draw others into the presence of Jesus, we pray, and would lives be forever different because of the difference you've made in us. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord God, as we draw near to you. I pray, Lord God, that you continue to challenge us, that you continue to speak to us, and that, Lord God, you would reveal yourself in great ways in and through us this Christmas season. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Praise God. I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come forward if our altar workers are here. And we would love to continue to pray with you, church. Um, we're so excited for what next weekend holds and the services after. I would encourage you to be at as many of them as you can. Join us. Bring someone with you. And um, we're believing God's going to change many hearts and lives. God bless you as you go today. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward. We're here to lift up those needs before the Lord. We'd love to pray with you. Um, if you're walking through anything, if not, save your conversations for the foyer. Pick up some Christmas invites, and we'll see you next weekend. God bless.